Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, so I need to do this very quickly. Let me remind you um, how 2 Corinthians is broken, okay? How it's laid out, okay? This letter was written with three main sections, so you get that in your mind, okay? The first seven chapters, as Paul writes. Now, remember, back then, he didn't write chapters. He wasn't going, this is a chapter, this is a chapter. He just wrote the letter, okay? But it's broken down in three ways. He, he, he basically, in chapters one through seven, he finalizes his reconciliation with the Corinthians. You guys remember that? They were heartbroken. Some of them were, Paul, we're sorry. We just, we didn't believe you. We were, we were walking away from you. God, Paul, please forgive us. And so Paul says, man, I reconcile you. I love you the way Jesus loves you. Amen. He takes seven chapters, if you will, to reconcile back to him. That's amazing. Now we've covered all seven chapters verse by verse. So if you are interested in that, you can listen to our podcast. Okay, you can go back. It's on there. You can listen. If uh, I have often been accused that I talk very, very fast. Well, I only have a limited amount of time that I've got to get that. So you can go back and go, let's slow it down and see what he said. And then you can take notes. So I try to slow down, but that's what he does. He talks about reconciliation. Very, very important in our lives. Why? Because time is so short. We need to make sure that we're reconciled with those and we forgive those who've offended us. Can I get an Amen. Okay, chapters 8 and 9 is Paul's thought process. He says, okay, he's going to talk about the topic of giving and generosity. Okay, now that's where we are now. Last week we had chapter 8, this week's chapter 9. We're talking about giving. Okay, we're talking about money. I know a lot of people have come up to me and go, Pastor, can I tithe myself? Like, can I tithe my service? I, and, and Paul is talking specifically about money. God has given you the ability to work. God has given you the ability to make money. This is our worship to him. That's what he's talking about. That's what we're going to talk about today. Starting next week, guys, in chapter 10, Paul does something very interesting. He begins to challenge the remaining Corinthians who still question and reject him. He's like, okay, let's let's chat. Can you imagine having a dialogue with the Apostle Paul? He planted the church, and I was like, okay, let's dialogue. Let's see. You want to you wanna question my authority? Let me go back, and he's going to talk to them about that. So we're going to hit that as we move every Sunday until we get done with chapter 13, okay? Well, this morning, we're going to finish up chapter 9. And what Paul teaches us, and you need to jot this down, is that Paul loves, or he's teaching us that God loves a cheerful giver. God does not delight in, in a begrudging giver. Somebody going, here's, okay, I'll give it to you. I don't want you. Want. Okay, there. God's like, no, 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 I don't want, that's the, I'm not about money. God's not about money. He loves a cheerful giver. And that's where he is going to teach us. Now, quickly, quickly, let me remind you what we talked about last week, okay? Because they go hand in hand. If you recall, the saints at Jerusalem, now you go, saints, what does that mean? Anyone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus is a saint. Okay? So if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, give me an amen if you have. You're a saint. I am not a saint. Positionally, you're a saint. Okay? So, guess what? You're a saint. You can call me Saint Ben. That's what you can call me. 
right? Saint Joe, Saint Beverly. Hi, Saint Beverly. We're all saints, right? I just pray your name isn't Bernard. So the saints at Jerusalem, guess what, guys? They were under heavy persecution. They were under heavy, heavy persecution for being a Christian. Okay? And what happens is Paul says, let me take up a collection because they've got some poor people in the city. They've been really, 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 really put down. They've, I mean, they've, they've lost their jobs. They, they didn't, the, uh, the economy is stalling. And you go, wait, man, that sounds like what we're, what we've endured these past six months. When our economy had shut down, and many of you know people lost their jobs. I mean, think about the service industry. There were people who'd bake ends meet, and they didn't have a place to go. We could easily say that in these last six months, many of our people in, in, our, in, in the United States and the world were heavily persecuted. Guys, do you realize that, that through this whole coronavirus COVID period, that alcohol sales is up 800%. 800%. Child. <sighs> Persecution, if you will, is up as the kids are at home. And there was no money in the, in the till. So Paul takes up a collection. You guys with me? And he's taking up a collection because he, it's almost like like it's the it, it's, it was likened to the stimulus package. You know what I mean? Let's take up a collection. But he didn't do it through the government. He says the churches are supposed to take care of each other. This is what he's saying. He's saying this is a stimulus. And many churches would gladly take up a collection because they were so grateful to the Lord what the Lord had done in their lives. They're like, yes, Paul, yes. And what they did is they gave sacrificially. You know what that means, right? It means you don't have it per se. But sacrificially, you're going, man, listen, I know what God has done for me. Sacrificially, he died on the cross. I'll give. I'll give. I'll give. Now, sacrificially, I want you to keep that in your mind as we go uh, as we go through the church, because the church at Corinth, guys, was messy, was it not? And it was somewhat broken, was it not? But they still had a heart to give. Listen, listen to this. Listen to what Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse ten. It says, "Here's my advice: It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago." Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. So Paul says, you guys had a heart. You guys were excited about it. You were pumped. I mean, some things got in the way, but you had purpose to give. And that's the beauty of that. And so Paul writes about giving, about generosity. And last week, if you weren't here, we discovered two awesome examples of the how and the why we should give. Okay? Now, it's very, very important because I know a lot of us grew up in churches where every sermon seemed to be about money. Okay, y'all need to give. Y'all need to give. Okay, so we're going to talk about giving. And they would somehow turn it to giving money. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, let me give you, let me give you some examples. He said, here's a great example. It's the churches in Macedonia. You go, who are they? Who are the churches in Macedonia? Well, Paul had, 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 the churches included Philippi. 
okay? Thessalonica and Berea, all of these churches. And he says, man, listen, he taught us that these churches, help me out here, that they were poor and they were afflicted, but that didn't stop them from showing great kindness. They were like, "Mm mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot. They were persecuted as well. But they understood what Jesus had done inside, and they wanted to give. They wanted to help. That's what they wanted to do. The churches, guys, had experienced great adversity through a lot of hardships, a lot of jobs lost, if you will, a lot of unemployment, if you will. Yet, here's what blows my mind. They displayed generosity for the sake of others. Everybody say others. Let's say it again. Okay? The less they had, the more they gave with great joy. You guys know that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You guys are some of the most um, generous people in all of Lubbock. I am blown away every time because it's just like, listen, we have so much food over there with a very small church. And people had give and they gave out of the Okay, hey, next time you're at the grocery store, yeah, Pastor Ben said, and I'm going to get five or six bags. And that was in your heart. And this is exactly what's going on. You guys knew, right? So the same churches, guys, their hearts were so in love with Jesus. They were so in love with Jesus that whatever they had, they would gladly give. They would gladly give. And so we come to a point we talked about last week, guys, when it comes to money, when it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to offering, we honor God with our giving, guys, we're blessed. You understand that, okay? When we honor God with our giving, we're blessed. Now, for Ben, not to teach about money would really be ripping y'all off of what God has for you. Because Jesus talked about money. Paul talks about money. I think it's so, so, so important. That's the first example. Because there are many people who go, Pastor, you can talk about money all you want. I ain't got it. I'm broke. Right? We feel that way? If money talks, the only thing it's ever said to me is, goodbye. <laughs> right? The Macedonian churches go, no, 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 no. You know what? Jesus has done so much. Listen, I've got, I'll just, I'll, I'll give, I'll give. I'll give. I'll give. The second example we learned last week was Jesus himself. Jesus, guys, listen. Look at what it says in in verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. Wow. Do you realize, do you realize, church, God bankrupted heaven, bankrupted, to send his son so that you and I could be with him forever in heaven. You see, we talk about hell, not enough, but we talk about hell, a place of torment, of gnashing of teeth, where the worm never died. We talk about hell, but really it's being separated from a God who loves us for eternity. And God says, I don't want that. I'm going to send my son to die on the cross for you. I'm going to bankrupt. I'm going to, he is rich. He's got galaxies. He says, I'm going to send my son. And he's going to become poor. 
You realize that when my Jesus walks this earth, you know what he said? He said, foxes have holes, birds have nests. I don't have any place to live. Y'all want to follow me? And his disciples said, yeah, I'm going to follow you. But then they became rich. Oh, not in material things. Guys, they were rich inside. They were rich in peace and joy. All of the things that we really long for. Listen, we don't care how fat our wallets are if we don't have peace and joy and love and patience. It doesn't matter. Now, you could have a million bucks in the bank and just have so much drama in your life that you have to buy stock in Dramamine so you can have not drama. Just a joke, just seeing if you're paying attention, okay? Dramamine doesn't cover the drama. <laughs> when we put into perspective, church, what the Lord has done for us and what he means to us, we can't help but being a part of what he wants to do. And, of course, this involves giving. This involves giving. So this would be a good time to stop the sermon and take up an offering, don't you think? And so we'll just stand there. All right, here you go. Did, did, did you not hear what Pastor said? No, 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 we're not doing that. I'm silly. Just This is what it's about. So when we come, guys, to chapter 9, the first few verses, verses 1 through 5, it's just really a continuation of last week. And then what I love is that in chapters or verses 6 through 15, he gives us the promises of giving, the promises of giving. So if you're taking note, point number one, principles of giving, and number two, the promises of giving. This is what he's going to talk about. You guys ready? Let's read verses 1 through 5 together. It's going to be up on the screen, and then we'll come back and unpack it, okay? Now, concerning the ministering to the saints, it's, what's that word? (laughs) Isn't that funny? Superfluous. That's what it means. Superfluous, right? Now, how many times have you used superfluous this week? You go, I haven't. Why? Because it's really superfluous. It's not necessary. That's what it means, right? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a song with the word superfluous in it, okay? And And just jam it out. But really, he says, it's superfluous for me to write to you For I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that, quote, as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared. We, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort you, the brethren, and go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a manner of generosity, a matter of generosity, and not as a grudging obligation. Now, remember last week, we finished up with Paul having endorsed who? Titus. He says, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to endorse Titus and two other brothers. Okay? Now, we know it's Titus because he was set, but here's the subject. The subject is the collection for the saints. He's saying, remember, remember. So what does he do? Let me just break it down really easy. In verses one through five, he's saying, I'm sending Titus and the other two fellas 
okay, to you guys to pick up the collection so that when I go there, it'll be ready. He points out that he has boasted, guys, I have boasted to everyone how amazing you are. I have boasted how, how generous you are and how your hearts were ready. And I wouldn't want to be embarrassed if I arrived with some of the Macedonians and found you unprepared. That's what he's saying. Now, some of the principles we learned last week, I want you to jot down once again. You go, what were they? Number one, if you're taking notes, giving with a generous heart is really grace abounding. Giving with a generous heart is grace abounding. It's grace. You understand how grace works in your life. You understand that while you were yet sinner, Christ died for you, reconciled you back to him, and so you realize that that's part of giving. You don't go, hey, well, listen, I make $100 a week. If I give God $10, that leaves me only 90 What it makes you realize is that with that 90%, and that's just a starting point. We're going to talk about that in a minute. With that 90%, he could do far more than you could do with 100 You guys with me? Think about tithing for just a minute. What is tithing? Tithing, the Bible talks, is about 10% back to God. Well, whose money is it? It's God's. So when you give 10%, you're not giving out of your money. You're just giving back to God what is his. But if you want to give, you go above and beyond 10%. I love when people come to me and go, Pastor, I want to talk to you about giving. Okay. And they'll say, the Old Testament talks about 10% tithing. New Testament doesn't talk about tithing at all. And I said, well, let's, let's, let's clarify this. Do you realize that if you, if you want to go 10%, we have to talk? No, no, the New Testament says not 10, doesn't talk about 10%. I said, well, the New Testament actually talks about 100%. It says, give it all to God. And then he'll give it back to you. And they go, oh, well, I kind of like the 10% in the Old Testament. I said, well, let's talk, let's talk about the 10%, because if you really do your homework, they were required to tithe 23.5%. Okay, let's not talk about money anymore, God. Praise the Lord, right? <laughs> Guys, it's, it's, it's about a generous heart. That's all it is. It's about your heart to the Lord. That's what it is. That's the point. Number two, number two principle, guys, we can give even when we have little as long as we give with a pure heart and a pure purpose. You go, what do you mean? Let me give you an example. In Mark chapter 12, 41 through 44, notice this. It says, Jesus sat down, check this out, near the collection box in the temple and watched the crowds drop their money in. Wouldn't that be intimidating? There's Jesus, right? Can you imagine Jesus right here going, okay, everybody come up and give up your money. This is what he's doing. It says, many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped two small coins. Jesus called his disciples and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has to live on. You guys see that? What a great example. You go, what what truths can we pull from that? Here it is. Number one, the first thing that the Lord told us is many rich people, come on. They put in large amounts. You go, so so. what does that mean? What does that mean? I've seen so many people 
rich that put in small amounts. That's what, hey, listen, if you have it, give it. Does God need our money? He doesn't need, does this church need our money? No. But God, you need to give your money out of obedience to the God that you love. The second thing, guys, is the poor widow, listen, she loved and trusted God so much that she put in all that she had. I'll, I'll never forget this lesson. Who's your provider, church? God. Not your employer. Okay? I made the mistake early on in my life. I, I, I was working 12 hours a day, six days a week, and I wanted to make it. And, and I remember my wife very lovingly telling me one night in bed, she said, God is your provider, not your job. And I turned over and I was mad at her. And I was, Don't talk biblical to me. She was right. Why? Because when I left that job, they said, see ya, don't let the door hit you on the way out. They were not my provider. God is. And I've never missed a meal since. I've never missed a meal. So, so again, I need to trust God. Now, I'm not telling you go out tomorrow and quit your job, okay? <laughs> Pastor Ben said quit. He just said, no, I didn't say that. I'm saying trust God. Trust God. Number three, number three. We learned, guys, that a form of, of giving or giving is a form of fellowship. Look at this. Look at verse 4. He says, and they begged us, the Macedonian church, again and again for the privilege of sharing the gift with the believers in Jerusalem. How cool is that? When you give here, you guys are in fellowship with what God wants to do out there. Do you realize if you've gotten saved, if you've rededicated your life to the Lord in the last year at this church, it's because other people had given to provide a place for you to come, to have soft chairs, maybe too soft because you fall asleep, so wake up. They're in fellowship with you. I tell everyone here, I tell my sound guy, I tell the PowerPoint guy, the worship team, the children's ministry, we're in partner together, guys. We're in partner together. It's not me. I, I just get to speak. But I cannot do this church unless we have the money, unless we have the people resources to step in and go, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. That's what we're talking about. Number four, we learned this. We learned that we must, ready? Give ourselves to the Lord first. So many people want to give money and go, okay, God, listen, this is my entrance to heaven. I've given you this amount of money. But I'm not going to serve you. I'm just going to give. No, no, no. Paul says, you need to make sure you give yourself to the Lord first. This is what he's saying, okay? Because when you give yourself to the Lord first, guess what is a, what a natural byproduct would be? Giving. You're going to give of your money. Can I get an Amen. You're going to give of your time. Can I get an amen? You're going to give of your talent. You're going to give of everything you are because you've given your life to Jesus first. It's, I feel compelled to say this, guys. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship with the God who loves you. And if you have that relationship, I'm telling you, and here's what breaks my heart. There's so many people who don't have that relationship with Jesus. 
Oh, they're religious. They may go to church and they may say some scriptures and they may do some stuff and they may do in the, you know, little four squid dance or whatever religiously, but they don't have a relationship with God. And that's not what counts. What counts is that you have a relationship with the God that created you. It doesn't mean you're perfect. You'll never be perfect. What it means is that you have a relationship. And when that trumpet sounds, we're going to be with him forever. That's all it means. Paul says to this church, and it's the same that we're saying to you, I want to encourage you in giving. I want to encourage you in giving. And so I thought I would send my brothers, Titus and the others, in advance so that the, the gift you promised, it would be ready before I come. And, and here's why. I, I want, because I want to give you enough time to do it with a proper heart and a proper motive. I do not want anything forced or hurried at the last moment. Do you guys know how that feels? We know how it feels when we feel like we're being grudged to give, right? It's just like, oh, he's just looking at me. I don't know. Okay, here's, here's some change. That's not what God wants, guys. God doesn't want us to feel hurried. He says, listen, this is why at Calvary Chapel, guys, we have agape boxes. I know other churches, they'll pass the plate. I get that. Praise God. He hasn't told me that yet. So we put wooden boxes all over and we say, that's between you and the Lord. That's your worship to the Lord. I never want us to have a place where the issue is money. But I love what God does. And I love when all of a sudden, man, we're just like, yeah, we have money to buy new chairs. Yeah, we have money to build the stage. We have money to do different things. And listen, we, we still want to do more. I would love, love, love to have my kid, the kids out there have a place to play in a playground. We'd love to have a place where, where we have a park or, or some grass where we could fellowship after service. God's blessed us in the storefront, but we're ready to go. We're ready to find some, but, but we don't want to do it forced and we don't want you to give at the last moment. And it's really the same for us, guys. Learning the principles of giving. Listen, learning the principles of giving helps us find balance in our walks with God. We find balance. Okay? We have to know our why. We have to know our why. So why do you give? It's not why I give. It's because I know what Jesus has done for me. It's not even why I give. Why? Why? I need to give. We need to give. So if you have 100,000 and you give 20,000, you go, well, that only leaves me 80. No, you know what God can do? You know what God can do? What if he doesn't do anything? He's still God. And he still has a place for me prepared. You know? So it's not about, it's not about getting rich. It's not about, it's, it's, it's looking at all the blessings. Guys, when we planted this church, Nathalie and I and my girls, we went through one of the hardest financial times you could ever gone through. Hardest. I mean, I'm talking where we had chicken every night of the week. I mean, that's all we could afford. 
I had a good job, but all of a sudden I, I felt like the Lord had said, quit the job. I had counsel. They said, quit. You came out to plant the church. And then we went. And I was just like, Lord, what are we doing? If there was ever a time for me to quit and go back to New Mexico, that would have been it. Ask, I mean, ask her. She knows. And then I would check the agape box. I was the only one at the time, early on in the ministry, I check it, and it said to, to Ben Martinez, and it would be $100. Somebody would drop $100 so we could buy groceries that week. God, he, he sustained us. Now, listen, we didn't stay there. God, I mean, he's blessed us. You understand. But there was a time we struggled, and it was like, oh. And we never missed a meal, guys. We never missed a meal. We never missed. So it's about trusting the Lord. So that's the principle, balance in our walks. Now, let's go to point number two quickly. It's the promises of giving. Let me give you some promises, okay? Verse six, he says, but this I say, he who sows what? Sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Now, we need to unpack this, okay? He's going to talk about a farming kind of thing, but here's what I want to remind you. We're not talking principle anymore, okay? We're talking, he, he's saying, okay, if you're a farmer, any farmers in here? Anybody, anybody who's done farming before, you guys? If you farm and you throw just a little seed, you can't expect a big crop, Boy, I just don't know what happened. I thought I'd have all five acres. Well, how much did you throw? Just a little bit right here. The rest is just there. Is that silly? That's what he's saying. He's saying, man, man, but, but listen, if you're running that five acres with seed and you're putting it out there, you're going to expect a big, that's what he's saying. He's saying, guys, listen to me. Here's the promise. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, he says, man, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Let me just say this. I want you to get this in your head, guys. We give big because we serve a big God. And we'll reap big. Oh, pastor, I like what you're saying. You're saying if I give you $1,000 today, I'm going to get a $10,000 back. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand me. That's not the scripture. We don't have that mindset or that hard attitude. Here's what we do. We give, help me church, simply because we love Jesus. That's why we give. That's why we give. And that's why Paul writes this next. Look at verse 7. He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. Why? Let's all say it together, guys. For God loves a cheerful giver. You guys see that? God loves a cheerful giver. You go, what does this mean? Cheerful is very interesting. It says God loves a cheerful giver. He says, it says God delights in those who give with the right attitude. With the right attitude. Okay? The word cheerful means happy. You're giving happy. Hilariously. You're laughing. (laughs) This is great. Right? This is what we do. Now, be careful. Why? Because we've worked hard for our money. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? I work hard for my money. 
And so then we take it and we, we're not, we're not happy to put it in the box, are we? Well, what are you going to do with it, Pastor? Well, you're not giving it to me, you're giving it to God. Hmm. No, you know what we need to do? We need to be, we need to be writing out our check. I don't know if anybody writes out checks anymore. We need to be swiping our card hilariously. This is amazing. This is so good. This is awesome. I'm so glad I could give God yours. Because he doesn't want to do it right. Notice, grudgingly. Grudgingly. Look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Look at that with me, guys. This is important. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he who is dispersed abroad, he has, been, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, let me just say this real quick, okay? It was Peter who said, boy, Paul writes really, really, his, 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 his writings are hard to understand. You know what Paul is saying? He's anticipating that the Corinthian church would go, but pastor, we don't have the money. Life has been really hard. And what if things get really worse? That's all he's saying. Paul says, listen, let me just say this to you. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I know you're anticipating what if things get worse? What if we have a second wave of COVID? What if we can't afford that? He says, is God God or not? If he's going to take care of the saints in Jerusalem, he's going to take care of you. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And that's why we have 47 bags of food with Bibles and all kinds of stuff ready to go to give. Because listen... Because we want to bless people. We want to bless people. He understands, guys, that the Corinthians had felt concerned about giving money because of uncertainty in life. Is that not us? Well, if I give this money, then I won't have any as I get older. He's saying, no, trust the Lord. He's... Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I don't want you, I don't want that to be the reason that you withhold your generosity because you're not sure what life has. And then what happens, guys? We die with a bunch of money in the bank and somebody else gets it. That's what Solomon says. Solomon says, boy, you work and work and work and save and work and save and work and save and you have all this money in the bank, then you die, then your son gets it and spends it on some stuff. <laughs> your, son, your son spends it on frivolous living. That's what Solomon says. It says, you work so hard and somebody else is going to enjoy it. So what do we do? We, let's do this. Let's send our gift ahead. Let's put it in the box Let's, let's do what Paul says out of a cheerful heart and because we know what this ministry is doing in reaching people. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower 
and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase for the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Guys, here's our promise. You ready? Jot this down. Our God is the one who provides seed for the farmer than bread to eat. In the same way, he's going to provide and increase your resources then produce a great harvest of generosity in you and for you. That's what he's going to do. You understand. So here's what we don't do. Okay, Lord, I'm going to give you my check. Calvary, here it is. I'm gonna drop, drop, look how much it is. I'm going to drop it right there. And then I'm going to go wait at the mailbox and, and it's going to increase. Not today. We have that attitude. But what, what he's saying, guys, what he's teaching us is that we give. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for And then he provides resources. What's a resource? A job. You have, a, you, have a, you have an opportunity to work. Thank you, Lord. Oh, by the way, and he gave me a raise. Oh, by the way, he gave me benefits. Oh, by the way, he gave me another raise. I'm up for another Oh, this is amazing. This is cool. He's, other people are going, huh? I'm not working, but I'm looking in a mailbox. No, it's not there. No, I don't think God is. No, no, no. It gives us resources. It gives us resources to have garage sale. We all have stuff that we need to get rid of, right? Hey, made, made an extra hundred bucks. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You understand. That's what he's talking about, right? So what's the result? You will either be, you, you will be blessed in every way. Why? So that you always so that you'll always be generous. Listen, you cannot outgive God. I love that the word says, test me, try me, try me. See if I don't open up the windows of heaven and bless your socks off. Our problem is, is that we just keep it. We just think it's always money. It's not always money. It's health. Your family's healthy. Guys, you know that. You know this, right? How many of you have dishes in your sink right now at home? How many have dishes? Yeah. I hate leaving dishes in my sink. That's a blessing. Because there's somebody living in your house that you love that says, ah. How many of you have have to go home and do laundry? Yeah. Praise God, right? Because without laundry, that person, yeah. Yeah. You guys see, let's look at let's look at the blessings. Guys, I think of the missionary. Trusting God every minute out in the out in a foreign country, trusting God for everyday provision. I think of that. Only to come home and furlough. And look in the fridge. And then begin to weep. Why are you why are you weeping? Why are you crying? Is it because we have all this food in the fridge? Or is it because we've lost our dependency upon God? So we gotta trust the Lord. Look at verse twelve. He says, for the administration of the service not only supplies the needs of the saints, right? But also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While 
through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God with you. What does Paul teach us? Okay, if you're taking note, he says this, the gift of money is going to do this. You ready? Here's the gift. It's going to supply need. It's going to supply need. This is what he says. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints. That's what it does. It supplies need. But it also, look at the end of verse 12, it causes thanksgiving. Okay? But it also abounding through many thanksgiving to God. Do you guys realize that when you give your money above and beyond sacrificially, man, it, it, it meets a need. What need? Guys, we have needs all over the place. We still have to pay for light and air conditioning and heating and we have to pay for cleaning and children's ministry and all of the things that go with that. Plus outreach. Plus trying to win people to Jesus. And you know what they do? They say amen. You know... I'm praying. You guys pray with me. I'm praying that as people come through and get some, we don't judge them, but that they would thank God for y'all. That they would thank God for this church. Now, we may not, we may not be big. It's okay. But that we, this is what he's saying, that they would cause thanksgiving. Who are they going to thank? No, thank God. Thank God. Number three, in verse, he says, this is what money, this is what the gift of money will do. Guys, this is what he teaches, that it will prove their obedience. Look at verse 13. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for what? For the obedience of your confession to the God. You guys are what? If you claim to be Christians, you ready? Here we go. Step on toes time. There should be no disconnect between your wallet and your heart. There's no, there's no, he says, this is your obedience. Pastor, how much should I give? Give whatever God puts on your heart. Give sacrificially. Give a bunch. Give a little. Just have the right heart. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And last but not least, this is what it teaches. It draws the Jerusalem Christians to pray for you and long to have fellowship with you. This is what it does. This is what Paul's saying. This is so good for us. Okay, so let's close with verse 15. Okay, and then we'll finish up with some, some principles. You ready? Verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Do you guys see that? This is how he ends the chapter on giving. Okay, so verse 15 really sums up chapters 8 and 9. Why? Because the indescribable gift, what's that relating to? That's Jesus. Is that not an indescribable gift to you? I can't describe it. It's so amazing. Why? Because he who brought salvation through his life, death, and resurrection. Wow. Wow. But it also refers to his generosity. Why? Because he became poor so that those who believe in him might become rich. Do you guys remember the day you gave your life to Jesus? How rich you became. Go, I don't have any money in my bank account. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about how rich you became. 
And he said, wow, why? Let me let you on a little secret. I don't know if y'all know this, but the Bible says that when you become Christians, that you become joint heirs with Christ. All of this belongs to you. All of this, you're joint heirs with Christ. Wow. Could we talk honestly for just a minute? Are we not blessed? Are we not truly rich? If you ate yesterday, you're rich. Because according to world standards, there's people out there who didn't eat and haven't eaten for for days on end. If you ate yesterday, some of you ate two meals. Some of you ate three meals. Some of you ate four. Sophie's walking by with four. I don't know. Do I have five meals? Five meals. He's... He's, he's, we're all rich. By world standards, we're rich. Can I get an amen on that? We're rich. We're rich. We're blessed. We're blessed. So Paul appropriately closes his appeal for the Corinthian church to give generously by thanking God for his generous gift. Give. So before I let you go, let me very quickly give you six principles in giving, okay? Six principles. You can jot these down. Number one, give secretly. Give secretly. It's between you and the Lord. This is why we never have a bucket here and say, bring it on up and show, because then people praise you. Oh, wow. Sister so-and-so gave $1,000. Oh, wow. Sister so-and-so gave $1,500. Oh, wow. So-and-so gave twenty-five. Secretly. That's between you and God. It's between you and God. Give secretly. God sees it. Do you guys believe that? God sees it. He's like, okay, cool. Now, don't give with the wrong motive. Don't give. Oh, Pastor Ben, he taught on giving, and I feel so convicted. I need to to get my wallet out right now. Give. Give with a generous heart. Praise God. Lord, you are so good to me. Thank you. Thank you. Number two principle, give generously. Give generously. We have it. What are you going to do with it? How much could we impact our little city by giving generously? Just give. Number three, give purposely. This is what I, I'm going to purpose, God, that they would to further your kingdom. Purposely. Number four. Give sacrificially. You may not have it now, but you're going to give. You're going to give. Number five, give proportionately. Okay? This is why we don't do pledges. Okay, Adam's going to pledge $5 million. That's not proportionately. He doesn't make $5 million. He only makes $4 million, okay? So, I mean, come on. He's, Tiffany's like, I wish... Get to work. No, not at all. But give proportionately. You know what you can give. You know, Lord, this is, this is what I can give. Amen. Okay? You know where a good starting point is? 10%. If you just need a starting point, 10% of your first fruits. Pastor, I've got a question. Is that before or after taxes? <laughs> if you have to ask, you know where it is, right? It's before taxes. Give proportionately. Number five. Number six. (laughs) Hurry up, get out, six. (laughs) Give cheerfully. Give cheerfully. 
hilariously giving. Give cheerful. Amen. God, you can use this amazing. Amazing. This is so good. This is so good. I wonder what you're going to do with this, God. Lord, I know there's some people here that got saved. Lord, I know when you use me, people get saved. Their home is eternal in heaven because, because you all gave cheerfully, hilariously, happy to do it, happy to do it, happy to do it. That's what it's about, guys. It's about the right heart. God, this is what you've done for me. There it is. Amen. 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 Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word, God, and the truth in your word today. We thank you for your great love for us. Lord, today we talked about giving and how wonderful you are, Lord. And we didn't ask for an offering or anything else. It's just teaching your word. Next week, we probably won't mention giving other than to to recap where we've been. But Lord, in my prayer, I think we've all known so many people who, who have given generously, but they're not Christians. There are people who give with all of their heart, but they don't know you in a real way. So... The real issue is they need to know you first. And God, every time we gather together, whether it's a Sunday or Wednesday, you don't make any mistakes with who you have coming to church. And so maybe today, whether there's somebody watching on Facebook, whether there's somebody listening to this on podcast, or whether there's somebody here today who says, Pastor Ben, you were saying some things, and I know you were talking about giving, but it made me realize I don't have a relationship with God. I was invited to church, and I'm glad to be here, but I've got to be honest with you. I don't think I'm saved. But I want to be saved. I want, I don't, Lord, you know, you mentioned that thing about being separated for God forever. I, that, that just freaked me out. And it made me realize, but Pastor Ben, I've got to be honest with you. I feel like I'm a million miles away from God, like, like he doesn't even hear my prayers. I've messed up so bad. Well, maybe you feel that way today. But let me just say this to you. You're one decision away from coming back to him. And what God wants to do is the great exchange. You give him your dirty heart, and he's going to take it, and he's going to give you back a clean heart. What a cool thing to do. I can't think of a cooler, 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 cooler Sunday than to surrender your life today and then take the plunge in baptism. I think that would be super cool. But that's between you and the Lord. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I'm not right with God, and I want to be right with God. I want to surrender my life today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. I know where I am. I know I'm not right, and I want to do that today. If you'll just lift up your hand, nobody will see you. It's between you and the Lord. But I know what you're asking. Pastor, why do I have to lift up my hand? Here's why. Because I want God to see your heart. I want God to see your heart. It doesn't matter where your family is. doesn't matter where you're at. It's between you and God. And I guarantee you, your family's going to rejoice. It's going to be, they're going to be stoked. They're going to be like, are you kidding me? So if you are not right with God and you want to be today, I want to lead you in a prayer. That's the most important part. 
That's why we're here. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, would you just lift up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want him to forgive me of my sin. I want Jesus in my life today. God bless you, brother, in the back. I see you way back there. God bless you, brother. Anyone else? Remember, he's going to forgive you of your sin. He's going to give you eternal life. But you've got to be willing today to surrender. You've got to say yes to him. Any of you watching online, all you have to do is lift up your hand. I can't see you, but God can. And then if you'll just pray this prayer with me, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I surrender. I repent. I am yours. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.